Good morning. Well, it's great to be here in Abbotsford. It's wonderful. 20 miles from where I live. Isn't that something? And uh, it's, it's a privilege. When you hear all of those numbers and all those years, I'm getting to feel pretty old. <laughs> right? The gray stuff is coming and, you know, it's... But, you know, I, I really believe that, uh, you know, age is just a number. It's what's in your heart. And we have a great heart for the church, the great heart for what God wants to do today. We have a great heart for the next generation and the generation after that. And we really believe this morning that, you know, that God is doing something great in the earth. He's doing something great here in Abbotsford. He's doing something great in our church and in uh, Seashelt, I believe it is, and all around the, the earth. Everywhere you go, you find out that there's people that are hungry for God and hungry for his presence. And, you know, we're so thrilled to be able to, to be here this morning and be part of this prophetic time. Uh, we um, have, I was born in Chilliwack. My wife was born in Vancouver, but we, uh, we met uh, in 1970. And uh, that's where I kind of came into all of this. I was from a Christian Missionary Alliance background. I, was, uh, I grew up at that church in Chilliwack and also at the Baptist church before that. And, uh, you know, knew the Lord, loved the Lord, but never knew anything about the spirit stuff. You know, I'd never heard about it before. I'd never seen worship. I've, I'd never uh, had an, even an idea what God was doing in the earth. I was just kind of into myself, into sports, into skiing in the winter and skiing in the summer and into scuba diving. I, I got my ticket and I was just, I was on my way for a great life, but I didn't realize that God had something even greater for me. And as I was introduced to the message of the Holy Spirit, you know, my father-in-law, as you heard, Bob, is gone now from this earth, but spoke into my life and ministered to me, Pastor Dave and friend, who are my pastors, when I arrived in 1970 in the church. I, uh, I just appreciated so much their ministry and their heart for the, for the things of God, their passion, their desire, the prayer meetings, the, the worship, all that stuff. It was just like overwhelming when I first walked in. And maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering, what is this all about? My goodness, these people stand way too long and uh, they're always clapping about something. There's even goofy people dancing. I mean, it's like, look, I barn dance or something going on here. And all all the stuff that happens in church that we go, hmm, what is going on? Well, the spirit is going on. Let me tell you, this isn't just because we're fanatical about Jesus. It's not because we're out of balance and wacko and goofy. We are people that love Jesus with our whole heart. And I appreciate that you are gathered together here in this church, in this place, in this location for such a time as this. God has brought you here this is where God wants you to be, and it's just a great joy to be here this morning. We really appreciate Pastor David and his wife, Winona. We thank you so much for the invitation. I know I speak for Pastor Dave and Fran as well, and probably the rest of the fellas as well, and uh, we really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's exciting. There was five words that Jesus spoke that really thrilled my heart that I got to know about years and years ago. I hadn't really even read this when I came to this church. Uh, in Chilliwack, but I heard it an awful lot. And those five words were, I will build my church. 
I don't know how much that means to me today, but it means everything to me. That Jesus is building his church, as he's interested in his church. And as a pastor and uh, looking after uh, a church and all of the activities, we have a school of uh, over 425. We have, we have a master's commission, a young adult discipleship program. We have, a, as you know, an ongoing youth program and missions programs and just the things that it all blows your mind. You wonder how in the world can you do anything like that? Well, the reason you can do any of it is because Jesus builds his church. And he's working all the time to fulfill his purpose on the earth. He's interested in you and I today, not like the early church. He's looking to you and I today as the church. We are the church of 2017. Are we going to light it up for Jesus? Or are we just going to sit back and be satisfied until Jesus comes? I'm not satisfied with that message. I'm satisfied only that Jesus pro pro progressively moves us forward in his purposes and his plans to get the job done. We live in a great day where the Holy Spirit is leading us and speaking into our lives, speaking into our churches. And I really believe he's doing a new thing and wanting to do a new thing in 2017. He's not going to reinvent things, but he's going to put his life into it to make it a purpose for us and for our destiny. To understand the prophetic this morning, we have to kind of know that, that Jesus made a very important shift in man's relationship with God powerfully. He sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to live in us and to live in the church. And that meant everything. Great scripture out of John 16 verse 7 that says, but I tell you the truth, and it's good that I am going away. You know, we don't like to see people go away. We love them to have them and keep them and want to hang, hang out with us forever, whatever. And Jesus would have been one of these persons that everyone just clung to and wanted to have him all the time in their home and hang around in Jerusalem and preach with them and, and do miracles and all the things he did. But he said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to do it for your good. And so then he goes on and says, unless I go away, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. He won't come to the earth if I'm here. So I, sh I should leave so something powerful can come into your lives. If I go, I'll send them to you. And that's exactly what he did in Acts chapter 2. We read the account of the 120 disciples in the upper room. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. Great power, great boldness comes upon them, as well as all of these different languages come out of their mouths to minister to the people there. And they start to share the gospel message in a powerful, relevant way. It spreads throughout Jerusalem. People are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. People are healed. People have this, this, uh, this influence in their city. And then it spreads all throughout the known world there. The shift that was taking place was that when people came into relationship with God, they now had access to him. And he would speak to them. Does he speak to you today? Absolutely. He would speak to them and he would speak for them. And we would speak for him, for him in many different locations because the Holy Spirit was in them. Peter said this in Acts chapter 2, a real foundational scriptures of the, of the New Testament, 2.16. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. 
How many get to, to have this spirit in them? All people. All people. Everyone. Whether they're young or whether they're old. It says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters. I'm glad the sons and daughters in there. We have three sons. They're all grown up. They are married. They have given us eight grandkids. We just had a little girl last year, uh, Autumn. And I think that's probably it now from what I can understand. Uh, I'm pretty sure the last one was an oops. But boy, we're sure glad she came along. Because our third son, Chad, was an oops. And are we ever glad he came along? Because he had four of them now. We wouldn't have had those four if he hadn't come along. And we love them dearly, and we just appreciate them so much. But God is wanting to pour his spirit out, not only on our sons and daughters, but our grandchildren, the next generation, to rise up and be the church in our location. God's people have now become, through this whole prophetic word here, the prophecy, the working of the Lord. They will prophesy, it says here. What is that? That's the word of the Lord coming through us. And since then, we have seen that God's people have become a prophetic people. Churches have become prophetic churches. Every church should be prophetic. Not just our church in Chilliwack. And I appreciate the foundation so much. I appreciate Pastor Dave. He took me out with him to meetings. I was as green as green can be. I hardly knew what was going on. And I was prophesying with him. Because he threw me out into the wolves, into the opportunities. And you know, either you got it or you don't. And I found that God showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up and touched my life and used me in a way that blew my mind. And so we come today with fear and trembling. It doesn't matter how long you do this. It doesn't, hum, doesn't matter how many people you've prophesied or spoken prophetically over or to the church. Today we come humbly as a servant to this church. And we're thrilled to be here to build you and encourage you this morning. A prophetic church, a speaking church. And now God speaks to and through every one of us. You see, God loves to speak to his people. Right from the very beginning of time, we notice that as God created the earth, he did it by speaking. Did you know that? It doesn't say he just thought it, although that would have worked. It said he actually spoke into being everything that was created. So there was a creative word that came out of his mouth, and he spoke all through the Old Testament. He spoke to the kings and to the prophets. He didn't speak to everyone personally because the Holy Spirit wasn't yet released in the earth. But when Jesus came and went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, he now released and connected all the dots that all men and women and boys and girls and kids and, and grandparents could speak from the Holy Spirit of the works of Jesus. And you might have even found yourself at times, and this is where it all starts, when maybe you have a neighbor or a friend that you're close to that maybe they're going through difficulty, maybe they're not a Christian yet, but you, you ask them if you can pray for them, and all of a sudden you're praying things that you're not even sure you're saying them where you're kind of scared what you're saying. And they look at you because they usually have their eyes open. They don't close their eyes when they pray. Just Christians do that. So, you know, just a side issue. Anyways, anyways, they, they say to you after, well, how did you know that? Uh, well, I just prayed. No, you didn't. 
you actually received from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, impartation that you actually prayed the will of God, the part of God that, that would minister to them, and, and something happens in their heart. Something happens and cracks open even a little bit more the things of God. So if you get that opportunity, go for it. Don't ever sit back. You know, this is the first time I've been here in the church, and I, I know it's been here for years, so I appreciate uh, Pastor Nelson and, and what he's done and what God's done through him to establish a work. And then as David and his wife have carried it on and others have come and ministered here, and just kind of like what's happened in Chilliwack as well. And I appreciate that. And I know the Holy Spirit's here because I felt him this morning when we were worshiping. Did you feel him? The presence of the Lord is one of the most powerful things that we that distinguishes our churches from many churches. Because they have great bands and they have great music. They have all the newest songs going on. I know some of them in Chilliwack. They're really good churches and people are drawn to them because of the, the music. They call it worship. But there's no worship. It's like a performance. And it's different here. I could see that there was the moving of the Holy Spirit right here in our midst because of the presence of the Lord. It's interesting, Jesus said a very interesting thing in John 10, 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How do we hear his voice? We hear it by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us and through us. And when we hear a prophetic word, the Bible tells us that it is the testimony of or the voice of Jesus in the church. And that's out of Revelations, in case you don't know there's a verse like that. Revelation 19.10 that says, worship God. The first thing, worship God. Worship is the key to everything. It opens up the doors to the Holy Spirit moving and filling us and flowing through us. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. So when we worship, things start to happen. The atmosphere is supercharged for the Holy Spirit to speak. And Jesus is in the midst of his people. He is the testimony of it. And that gift of prophecy is given to strengthen the church and to encourage the church and edify the church and build the church up. This spirit of prophecy is interesting. It can be on all of us. In fact, maybe someone is getting a particular word, like today we're going to be speaking and ministering to a new pastor and his wife that you're setting in here in the church. And while that's happening, be very, very interested in what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. Because you know what? Just like God, the Holy Spirit can speak to everyone, every one of us in this room at the same time about all the different things that we're thinking about. Do you believe that? That's the kind of God we serve. The front row believes that, but how about you in the back? That's the ability of God. Because God is connected to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is that connection of unity, and the power of God is, is demonstrated through every, every one of the Godhead. This is God. This is God speaking to us. So listen today. A great scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 3 says, Let your love be your highest goal. Now Paul had to say that after 1 Corinthians 13, right? 
he's talking about love on the, in the whole chapter there. And he comes to 14 and goes, oh, by the way, remember, let love be your highest goal. And then he says this, listen to this, it's very interesting. But you should also desire the special abilities, the spirit gifts, especially the ability uh, to prophesy. Especially that one. Now we know there's nine different gifts that the Spirit's given to people. And probably every one of you have something in here. Amen? And he says, but you should desire to prophesy. That's not wrong. And when I read that verse years ago, I thought, well, it was kind of cocky for me to say, God, I want to prophesy. And then I read this verse and said, oh, God, it's not cocky. It's right. I, I have a desire. I want to prophesy like Pastor Dave. I want to prophesy like, like that. Could, could you give me something? And I remember the first prophecy I ever said. I think it was, God loves you. And I sat down. <laughs> it was just so simple. And I didn't think it meant anything. But it did to somebody. And God built our church and encouraged our church by it. This great release of the prophetic, the spirit of prophecy that connects us to here, not just something, someone getting a prophecy, but everyone receiving that atmosphere of the prophetic. The gift of prophecy is listed there in 1 Corinthians 12, if you're wondering where it is. There's nine of them. And you should go to that sometime in your life, and you should read that, and you should ask God, what gifts, Holy Spirit, are you giving me? Because some of those gifts we don't see enough of. The gift of miracles. Anybody got that gift in the, in the church here? Anybody even admit it? That's the, that's the scary part. I wouldn't even admit it if I had it. Because then they think I, I'd be able to do miracles. Guess what? You will be able to do miracles. Because it's not by your own natural strength or your personality or your education. It's but by the Spirit of the Lord. God wants to touch his people. Ephesians 4 then talks about another level of prophetic that builds up the church, encourages the church. And he talks about the gift of the prophet. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets. Some to be evangelists. Oh, the evangelists. Oh, we believe in that. But the prophet, you know, don't. We, that's kind of gone. That's finished. You know, I always say pe to people, well, there's nothing I can find in the New Testament that says that God has canceled out the apostle and the prophet. And he's just using the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher now because I see those three. Nowhere in the Bible can you find that. So I have to believe that the prophet and the apostle is alive as well in our day, in, in our churches. Amen? And we have to start believing God to raise them up if there, there aren't any. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a reason why Jesus gave these gifts to his church. And so not only do we see the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, but also the, the gift of the prophet speaking strength and encouragement and comfort, as well as uh, moving in the gifts of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, knowing things from God that, that you've never told that person. I don't even know that guy standing up there, and I don't even know you. But if I were to tell you some of the things that God knows about you, you might go, oh, how did you know that? Because the word of knowledge came. And a word of wisdom, what to do with that knowledge. Now you're going you're gonna to have this gift and you're going to do this and this and this and this. 
Well, how? I've never done that. I don't think I could do that. No, you can't do that in your own strength. But God is going to give you his empowerment and work in you and release you for the kingdom of God's sake. Now, the New Testament prophets are to equip God's people to speak into the church, to release them to their gifts and to their ministries. They are foundational. And Paul said this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. Do not neglect the gift which is given you through a prophetic message. So obviously, Paul prophesied to Timothy sometime, and he did to many others too, I'm sure, when the body of elders or presbytery laid their hands on you. So there was a word that came. There was the hands laid on. There was an impartation. And he says, look at, don't neglect that gift. It's for you. God wants you to use it. And if there's one thing I'd like to encourage us this morning is God's given you a gift and are you using it? Don't neglect it. Don't let it be put down. Oh, Pastor David, he's the guy that can move in that gift. Or maybe one of his kids or somebody else here, you know, or Pastor Nelson is is here and he'll move in that. What about you moving in it? Because the body needs every part to be working and functioning. He then reminds them in 2 Timothy 1.6, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift. You ever see those guys on Survivor and, uh, and Alone? Anybody watching Alone? It's a really lonely show. But anyways, <clears throat> they're out in the bush and they have nothing. They're just there all alone for as long as they can stay. And they start it with 10 and they're down to what? Six now? seven. And so they have to try to start a fire. And so they obviously they get the sticks and they rub them together and they, they have this little bit of uh, moss or whatever, really dry stuff. They put it on top and they try to, and they're blowing and fanning. And it reminded me of the scripture. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Fan it, get it going, get a big, not only a spark, but a big, big, big fire going with the gifts of God. God gave them to you when I laid my hands on you. Again, Paul said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Real good things to have. So we see the prophets speaking into the early church. In Acts 15, 32, I love this, Judas and Silas. You, you probably know Silas, right? Paul and Barnabas, Silas was who? Remember him in the Bible, in the New Testament? Well, it says who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. So we see that happening all in the New Testament. And I believe that's happening today. The ministry of the prophets, very important as the apostle and evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. Ephesians 2.20 says, God's household is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So the apostle and the prophet is very important to the building of the church. Gives us foundations that we need to do his will. And I suspect there's been some apostles and prophets through this church over the years, right? People that have spoke into the very fiber of your church. They may not have said, thus saith the Lord, but they spoke a prophetic word that touched your heart. And there was something that you grabbed onto and said, we can do it. Wow, this is great teaching. This is great word. This is, wow, where did this come from? Because that apostolic and that prophetic voice was there to build 
and encourage you. And that's why you're where you are today. It happened in the early church and it's still happening today. God's heart is to direct us, his opportunities, the moments he wants to have. And uh, I want to say this morning, as I pray for you this week, God brought Isaiah 43 into my heart. Uh, and I believe God wants me just to talk about that for a couple minutes here. Isaiah, Isaiah 43 and verse 18 says, But forget all that. Other translation says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Anybody ever told you that before? Right? It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. In fact, God wants to do new things right here at Salt Rock Church. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Well, the pastor does. Does anyone believe that this morning? I believe you have to acknowledge that because God wants to creatively do some new things here. It's not that he's going to wreck your church or destroy your church. He's going to bring his heart into you for the future, for this year. We already heard uh, talking about writing down some of those visions. It happened in the early church, and God wants it to happen right here at Solid Rock Church. What is Isaiah saying to us this morning? Well, first of all, he's saying change your focus. Quit looking behind and start looking ahead. Right? It's, it's hard to do that sometimes. It really is. We get stuck. We get stuck in the good things of the past, and we just kind of hope for them again. But they may not be where God is moving or taking us. See, you cannot depend upon past victories to sustain you today. You can't. The things you need for today are not necessarily the same as you needed in the past. And so you need new revelation, new anointing from God, new faith. And that's just what I believe God is talking to this church about today. That there's another level that he wants to take you to. You cannot allow your past failures to possess you. Have you ever been working with crazy glue? I have tried a few things. You know, half the time it doesn't work. All it sticks together is my fingers. Don't ever try using your fingers. Get a stick or get a, uh, something to use, but don't use your fingers. Because you'll end up like this. Right? I, had, I stuck my, my thumb and this finger together one time. And I didn't even tell my wife. But it was really embarrassing. I could not get it apart. I could have ripped my skin right off to get it. So I had to use some kind of solution that started to eat away and finally finally do it. And that's just like the past. If you allow those past failures to possess you, it will stick to you like crazy glue and it will not go away. It will motivate you in your life and it usually it'll be negative. It'll be obstacles. It'll be bad things. It'll be, well, what about this? I don't, and whenever anybody says anything positive, you'll say, well, I don't believe that. It's because the past is ruling your todays. You cannot live in yesterday's faith. You need a new faith, a new wineskin. Matthew 9, 17. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins will burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. But new wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. As much as God is with you in the past, and we're thankful for what God did in the past, you must look ahead to the future. Amen. 
You must get away from just the past. God wants to stretch you. He wants to enlarge you as a church. He wants to expand you in the kingdom of God. And you need to do this not only for the sake of yourself, but also for the sake of where God wants to take you. Clarify your focus. Discover what God wants for you. It's a little bit like vision. Where does God want to take you in this new year? Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. This is exciting. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it or do you not perceive it? One another translation said. I will make a pathway through the wilderness, create rivers in the dry wasteland. And this word perceive comes from a Hebrew word yada. Yada, which means to know by seeing. There's not talking about natural eyes now. This is the spiritual eye of the Lord that God gives you to see things, becoming aware of things, understanding things. Do you just see a way? Do you see a way or do you just see a desert? Oh, there's a desert. There's dryness. It's impossible to get there. Pastor said that we're, we're going to do this this year. That's impossible. You need to see a way. Amen. Or do you just see a wasteland? Because God can put a river running right through the wasteland. The impossibilities can become possible because of the word of the Lord. Because of the prophetic word. Whenever God builds his church, there will always be obstacles. My son, who is starting a church next Sunday in Vancouver, has run into some obstacles. Some big obstacles. All of a sudden, people don't want him there. All of a sudden, they say no to the rental that he's signed an agreement to. And we're right in the middle of launching this church next week. Well, wow, I could talk pretty negative today. And say, oh my goodness, we never thought of this. We didn't see this. But is there a way through the obstacle? Is there a river that God is possibly running through for his, for his purposes? Come on, I talked to Todd a lot, and, and Todd's a pretty up guy, but this really rocked him. And you know, sometimes we as pastors have to go through some of these things too to have faith in God and trust him that he's looking after us. It's not in our strength or our mighty abilities of administration or our great sermons and all that kind of stuff. But it's in God. It's in his purposes. In order to discover what God wants for you, you must let the past go here and perceive that God has something awesome for your future. Amen. Oh, you're just a positive thinking preacher. You bet I am. You bet I am. You know why? Because God's a positive God. He's not saying, oh, I'm going to whack... Lorn down to the ground. I'm going to destroy him, and then maybe I'll remake him if he's good enough. Uh, that's not the way God works. That's what the enemy wants, to knock me down and destroy me. But God's not going to do that to us. God is going to lift us up. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your head. Oh, oh ye gates. Who am I? I'm a God of glory. Grateful of majesty and power. That's our God this morning. Now, here are some things that God showed me that I'm praying for you and for this week. He wanted to commend you for your faith. He wanted to commend you for your love for one another. These are just things that God put in my heart that I wrote down. And it is because of your strong foundations that you are here today. 
God commends us. I think that's a good thing. Know that God really does think something of you and honors you today. But God also wants to increase your faith and increase your love for what is yet ahead. There's more to it than just you here. There's people out there that are waiting for you. That are waiting for you. Maybe they're your neighbors. Maybe they're people you work with. Maybe they're people you'll bump into in the grocery store. Whoever they may be, they're waiting for you. Amen. He wants to take your love and faith to another level. I said that already. He wants your neighborhoods and your businesses to be filled with faith and love. And I saw you as a mighty marching uh, army, marching in rank and in unity. And God showed me that you're marching with shovels and rakes. Now, when I saw that picture in my head, I thought, what in the world is that? No one would go to war with shovels and rakes, right? And that seemed really strange. But did you know that there are many armies and many men and women of God in the Bible that had, didn't have what they needed to be in the army, right? What did the people, the first city that the Israelites walked into, Jericho, after they're going to take this land, they had nothing in their hands. They're just walking around the city looking kind of dumb. And people were laughing at him and probably throwing tomatoes at him or whatever they were doing. And, you know, here they are with, the, with this ark and with a, a, few, a few people in front and blowing horns and all that stuff. What is going on? Well, if you read the end of the story, you find out that that, that city did not stand very long. Right? Seven days. And God brought it down to his knees and destroyed it. How about Gideon? You know, he started with 32,000 soldiers. And he ended up with 300. Gideon, who is he? He was this guy hiding from God, scared of his own shadow. And now God's got him out going against the Midianites. Right? And they were powerful warriors. They were a powerful army. He went out there. And God actually says this. I brought you down to 300 so that you would not think that you're doing this. That you didn't think that you brought the victory. But that I was capable of doing it. And if you follow me and you listen to me, I'll bring you victory. Powerful. So here you are with rakes and shovels. (laughs) That seems funny, doesn't it? But here's the scripture I got with it. Psalm 33, 19. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is in vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who have, have the right weapons, have the right training, have the right strength. You know, all the big, strong guys in the church. No, his eye is on those who fear him. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help. He's our shield. There it is. For our heart will rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. God's army succeeds because we trust the Lord and put our hope in him, not in our own strength. So whatever comes this year, whatever faces you as a church, you can be winners. You can be victorious because of God's on your side. And God's going to teach you how to be that effective power in the earth. Now, let me say that people are not our enemy. It's time to get past that. 
It's time to put past offenses. And the Lord told me to say this. Past offenses, past disagreements, past hurts. It's time for you to move forward and leave them behind you. I don't know who that relates to here. I'm not going to ask you to stand. <laughs> Promise you I won't do that. But I know there's some people in here that are struggling with things. And God says today, if you will leave them behind and trust me and say, Lord, I won't lean on that anymore. But I'll lean on you and I'll look ahead and I'll, I'll look for the generals to lead me. I will trust in you. Then God will release you. I believe there will be such a freedom in you that God will be able to use you in a great way. I really believe that. Take your eyes off people because you're a prophetic people. It's time to hope in the Lord. It's time to trust in the Lord. Your future lies in the Lord. And I see a great in gathering into this house. I really do. But it's based on these words that you must leave the past behind. That you must do something. Put your eyes on Jesus. You must start believing in faith for something greater than what you have right now. You need to ask God for a greater love. See, God has all the love to shed and put into our hearts and give us out and lead us out so that we can be productive. It's dependent upon us as the church. It's not just dependent on the pastor. Oh, pastor, you can pray all day. You can, you know, while you're golfing, you can pray all day. You know, I have people tell me, what, what do you do all day? You, you know, you pastors, you don't do hardly anything, do you? You just got to get ready for a sermon, and that's easy to put. They have no idea. They have no idea, do they, pastors? They don't. They don't understand. So I, I'm still very uh, full of grace with them. But it's for everyone. It's the body. The church is prophetic. The, the church is a place that will rise up. This house will not just be known as a church over by the border. That church over by the border there. You ever heard those words? That church over there by the border. They've never been here, but it's just that church by the border. But God is, gonna, is going to come upon this place. This house is going to be known. The first thing I saw was a house of prayer. And when I saw your prayer things up there, obviously that will ring true to you, that you already are interceding and praying for the things of God. This house will be, be known as a house of faith. Now, faith is an interesting thing, and I have no more time left. But ask your pastor what that means. I'm not sure. A house of faith. Doing things that you cannot do in the natural. Honestly, you don't need faith if you can do it yourself. Right? You don't need to believe God for anything if you can just accomplish it all. If you have all the money in the world, you can just buy anything you want. You never have to ask God. Well, he'll, he'll make sure that he challenges your faith in other ways. Right? Sometimes, sometimes it's an illness. This last year, I, I had an open heart surgery. Last January, one year ago, a double bypass. Too young for that, but I had it. I never had a heart attack, but God gave us the knowledge that I needed this, and the doctor said, I could do it next month. And then I was waiting for a knee operation, and in, in, in August, I get a call, hey, we have an opening next week, can you come? And I got a knee replacement, so that's why I'm hobbling a little bit yet, but I'm doing really good. I had quite a year last year. I don't want another year like that. 
honestly. But God brought me through with great joy and great victory, knowing that he is able to help me through every circumstances of life. I know that you guys have gone through strife and, and sickness and different things, even here. And I know in a church even this size, there's always something going on. God is God. If you could do it, you wouldn't need any faith, right? This will also be known as a house where people are healed, delivered, and set free. I, I had to say that exactly that way. Healed, delivered, and set free. I, I believe that God is going to bring some nice people in here and some not so nice people. You're going you're gonna to be blessed by some of the people that are going to come and join your church because they're going to be solid people that are looking for a house, the church. If you're like Chilliwack, there's like hundreds of people moving in every day almost into our, into our cities. They're moving out of Vancouver, out of even Surrey and Langley and moving farther away with, for little cheaper prices and, and maybe better schools or whatever it might be. But they're coming to Abbotsford, they're coming to Chilliwack. And we have them come into our church every Sunday. It's amazing. Where did you come from? Oh, we just moved. Where did you come from? We just moved. How long have you been here? Oh, a year. But we finally decided we needed to find a church. They're coming in and they have lots of needs. But as we build their lives, disciple them and care about them and speak into their life in a prophetic church way, something changes within them. The things of God. Let me read you one last scripture and then I'll be done. Mark 4, 26. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Let me say this. Can I read it this way? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like solid rock who scatters seed on the ground. Day and night, while solid rock is asleep or awake, or sometimes awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. The first, a leaf blade, pushes through, and then the heads of the wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the solid rock church comes and harvests it with their sickles, for the harvest time has come. Did you hear yourself be put in there? Now, you have no excuse to leave this church this morning and think, there, I didn't get a word this morning. You're the harvesters of this area. You're, you're the church that's been put onto a hill here. You're up on a hill. Did you notice that? I drove up here, and here you are. You're on a hill. You're the light of the city. You have an influence in the city. You have people that you're influential in. And God is calling you to take the opportunities, the Kairos moments of your life, and do the work of the Lord in Abbotsford. Would you stand with me this morning for a moment? I'd like to pray for you as I just close this part. And I'd like to ask you if you would like an impartation of these words to you that you would put your hand up. If you don't, put, don't put your hand up. And I'm not even going to look. I'm just going to pray. Lord Jesus, we stand before you as our God, as our help, as our source. And Lord, we're in this church because, Father, we have a vision to be a part of a local church that's moving forward. We're, we're desirous to be a part of a prophetic church that has the word of the Lord coming forth and is moving and shaking and doing great things in the earth. So, Lord, I pray right now for those that are lifted their hands. I pray for faith to arise. I pray for, for love to arise. We pray, Lord, for a new anointing to come upon them in Jesus' name and to help them in this year ahead. 
Father, we pray that you would establish them. You would give them those godly moments, those opportunities that they could take their sickle out and take the harvest and bring it in. We pray for that, Lord, that many will come into this house with open hearts to receive. Many will come and receive to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Many will come and get healed and delivered and set free. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.